0: Hey everyone, it's Robert Poole with the Growing Your B2B Small Business podcast. Let me ask you a question. What do you think is the single biggest challenge in marketing and sales, particularly in B2B? From my experience, it's getting in front of decision makers, regardless of how you do it, either online or off. Let's talk about some ideas on how to improve our success rate. Do you have a small business that sells to other businesses? If so, you probably know that there are plenty of resources for companies that market to consumers or companies that sell to large and Fortune 500 type of companies. But what about the small businesses in the middle who sell to other companies? Where do we go to get answers? How do we grow our company consistently while still keeping our sanity? That's the question, and this podcast is the answer. If you're listening to this podcast, you're part of an elite group of achievers who are willing to settle for just a nine-to-five job. You're one of the heroes in our society, and you should be proud of it. Welcome to the tribe and welcome home. Okay, everyone, I hope you're having an awesome day today. In the last episode, we talked about the best degree you can get to be successful as a small business owner. If you haven't listened to that, I'd really check it out. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about a fundamental problem all businesses face and all salespeople struggle with. And that problem is how do we get in front of decision makers, the people who are most likely buyers, who have need for a solution, and who are able to afford it. In B2B, this is a little tougher because of the decision makers we typically deal with. I mean, if you're in B2C and sell a product to millions of people, it generally comes down to advertising, whereas B2B isn't that simple. I mean, obviously, the better job we do at this, the more time we can spend on changing their beliefs, overcoming objections, and showing how our solution is going to help them and then asking them to commit. And if we're spending a ton of time trying to get through to decision makers and very little actual spurring them on to take action, our sales numbers are going to show it. If you listen to this podcast in the past, you know that I kind of look at any issue with a framework of basically first clearly identifying the base problem, why it's a problem and what factors cause that problem, the consequences of not fixing it because it may not be, you know, worth the time to solve and finally come up with solutions to mitigate and overcome those why factors. So let's use that to talk about getting to the decision makers. I think we can first think about this, you know, challenge in really two categories. I mean, first you have sort of a mass marketing situation where you have thousands of prospects or even millions, and they're generally buying a lower ticket item. You know, for instance, maybe you sell fire extinguishers to company that have physical locations. Now, I don't remember what we paid for ours in the office, but I'm guessing it was like, a, you know, less than a hundred dollars. And, you know, that takes a different type of decision-maker contact because every business needs it. And, you know, it's fairly inexpensive and you can't spend a ton of money uh, on each prospect trying to get them to buy. On the other hand, if you're selling a piece of equipment, some expensive software for, you know, $50,000, $100,000, I mean, you're selling to a much smaller number of businesses who both need and can afford that, you know, maybe in the thousands at best, but definitely not in the millions. So you have to use different techniques to get to a decision maker. So in the mass market scenario, when we want to clearly define our problem, we have to do a really good job of identifying our ideal customer as we're unlikely to be doing the selling one-on-one. So you also have to identify where your ideal customer congregates. I mean, are they online, offline? You know, where do they seek out uh, solutions? You know, we also need to identify their attributes, like their demographics, their psychodemographics, and what kind of sales message they need to see. We need to figure out where the the problem or challenge is so we can find a solution. For instance, if we find out that our ideal customer is not a big social media user, we want to identify that problem up front and We'll be getting you know nowhere trying to advertise on social media so we need to identify what makes them take action and if we don't identify that again then, you know we're wasting our time you know in addition to online mass marketing you know uh, you also have more traditional marketing like physical mailers well it varies from industry to industry you know in general in a b2c type of mailer campaign you're likely to get a you know a good response rate would be one or two percent and b2b is uh, even harder to get data on but my guess is that it's even lower. You know, my wife pays attention to the consumer-based solicitations we get at home in the mail, but I don't. So, you know, we have to know our starting point based upon our industry, and this only comes by testing, really. You know, in, in addition, you know, the larger the company, the smaller odds of mailers make it to uh, the decision-maker, much lower. But again, it depends on the industry. So for the second category, we've got more targeted, high-ticket uh, type of marketing and techniques to get to the decision-maker. Because this kind of marketing is for higher ticket and generally much smaller prospect size, it has its own challenges. You know, each of the common methods have their own problems, even if you're attacking only a few hundred decision makers. For instance, email marketing in general has got a very small response rate, like usually under 1%. And so if you only have 100 potential customers nationwide, email marketing is, you know, it's a major struggle just because of the numbers. You know, so you've got problems with other online marketing, like LinkedIn solicitations or Facebook, you know, that type of thing. You know, it's hard to make yourself and your company stand out from the crowd. One of the other common techniques in B2B is direct contact marketing or cold calling, whatever you want to call it. You know, you've got challenges like the ROI. I mean, just like mailers, cold calling has a pretty small response rate, like one to 3% on average. So if you don't have the margin in your product, this is a major problem and probably a deal killer. You know, you have the main problem of getting through the gatekeeper, which is many sub problems and challenges. And, you know, then, you know, I'd say that probably the last major strategy is in the networking and referral arena. Again, because we're in B2B, it's much more likely that we're uh, doing one-to-one sales, you know, and someone in our organization will actually talk to the prospect before our sale. And on top of that, the sales cycle is much longer. So we need to figure out, you know, who do we want to network with for, you know, basically whose sphere of influence are our ideal customers hiding in? You know, another challenge is that it takes time to cultivate those relationships for networking or referrals. Usually, in the months and years timeframe, before yielding any kind of results. Well, so you know, of course, that's a lot of problems. Um, but you know, of course, we have to answer the the why uh, in this case, so we can come up with solutions that mitigate those contributing factors to the problems. You know, a lot of this is obvious, but there are you know a couple of easy reasons to pick out. You know, when it comes to electronic marketing, whether that's social media, email, SEO, or whatever. You know, the biggest challenge that we need to solve is getting the attention and penetrating through the noise and daily barrage of sales messages our prospects are getting. And I looked at my inbox yesterday, and I think I received, I counted over 151 email solicitations, and that's not including the regular email that weren't marketing emails or spam. You know, it's just pretty hard to stand out from the crowd in that mess. Because of this, we sort of become numb, uh, both as consumers and business people, to these kind of strategies, and it's easy to ignore or delete them. Because of this, we've come numb to these strategies and it's easy to ignore them or delete them. Just like electronic communication, it's also very hard to stand out with something like direct mail. Direct mail was really in decline for years, but it's really had an uptick in the last year because so many people were working from home because of the COVID situation. I mean, statistically, the U.S. Post Service says that it's almost 95 percent of its mail for you know, consumers, that is, is junk mail uh, or solicitations. So again, you know, it's the numb factor. You know, if we have more than one or two employees at our location, it's likely that somebody else, you know, besides you receives the mail and, you know, they may filter it out. So again, that's one of the reasons mailers struggle. Lastly, I I think it's just like electronic solicitations. You know, people know that something's not really a personalized letter or, you know, whatever. And uh, they know it's a mass advertisement and it doesn't work as well as it used to. So that's some of the why. And like I said, a lot of it's obvious, but The question now becomes, you know, what are the consequences? Are these problems worth working on coming up with solutions? And, you know, sometimes we get in the mode of, you know, wanting to solve every single problem. And usually, I mean, that, you know, most entrepreneurs and business people, a lot of us are, you know, control freaks and, you know, like perfection, but we have to evaluate every problem and be realistic about what happens if we don't solve the problem. You know, if solving the problem won't necessarily move our company forward right now, it may not be worth solving. So when it comes to reaching out to decision makers, though, I think all of us would agree that in this case, you know, if we can't get in front of our ideal client, you know, that's a business killer. So we've identified and clarified some of the problems, what are the factors that make them problems and evaluated the consequences of not dealing with. So now we need to work on solutions. I think the first step in coming up with solutions for all these scenarios and problems is to recognize that there's no holy grail. You're simply not going to get through to everybody, even over time with uh, different techniques. You know, And that's okay. Sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking, well, if I could just find the right avenue to go after that decision maker, I could make it happen. But the reality is you're just not going to get to everybody, but you also don't want to spend time, you know, lots of time trying all kinds of techniques focused on a few prospects that may be unreachable through any particular strategy. For instance, it, you know, if you want to get to me as the owner of my company, good luck. I mean, my client service and sales people are all trained to let very few people through and When they do, you know, they obviously ask me beforehand, you know, and I also don't respond well to standard mailers, uh, email solicitations or social media direct messages. But you know what works for me and gets my attention? Somebody sends me a FedEx. We'll talk about that more. But also, if someone is able to contact someone I trust, like my sales manager or head of client service and the sales rep sells them, you know, then I'm going to pay attention to the sales rep as I respect the judgment of my team. So, everyone's different, different. And quite frankly, not only is it unrealistic to try to get everybody, but it doesn't make any sense. I mean, just like me, all of us have different buying strategies, and so do our prospects. I mean, some people need a physical piece of paper or a tangible item. Some people need social proof online, testimonials or whatever. Some people need, you know, details via email or brochures or something. And some people need, you know, person to person interaction. And, you know, everything works sometimes as my, um, business mentor early in my career used to say. So let yourself off the hook a little bit and be okay with not getting everybody. So that's number one, but let's talk about some specific strategies and tips on how to use them effectively. First, common to all these strategies is defining your ideal customer and where they are. I mean, this is what we talked about in identifying the problem. And these two things are critical before implementing any of these strategies. But let's take a minute and talk about online strategies. You've got, you know, social media. Social media is great because of the level of precision targeting you can do. I mean, I don't know what it currently is, but I remember a couple of years ago that I read an article about Facebook that, you know, they had, a, you know, over like 300 data points for each user and, you know, they could pretty much predict their interest and behavior. I mean, it's a little scary, but it's also fascinating, you know, so we can use that data, to be extremely specific about who we're targeting. You know, if we defined our ideal client, well, I mean, this is a no brainer. So even though, you know, social media is a very good at letting us target real specific demographics or whatever, you know, with each of these strategies, we have to, again, keep in mind where our clients are and how they get sold. For instance, you know, social media is not, you know, one of the top strategies for my business. Our company Sales Double, is a B2B marketing company, and we focus on direct contact marketing, you know, with cold calling, follow-up, and backing that up with email campaigns. But the demographic of our average client is well over 40, and you know well educated and you know extremely busy you know we've done surveys and they they don't really spend a lot of time on social media for recreational and even business purposes so however you know social media can be very effective for the right audience if it's targeted properly but so how do we do it you know we have to know of course you know where they are what groups they're a part of and what interests uh, you know they're interested in etc but then we have to have you know outstanding hooks to get people's attention and Keep it because social media, like everything else, is just crammed with messages and overload. So we have to get uh, something that'll make them stop and say, what? You know, we also have to have a very compelling uh, call to action or CTA that gives people an incentive to take action. So, you know, now in, in full disclosure, I've never bought something based on, you know, a Facebook or LinkedIn ad. But my wife, on the other hand, buys stuff all the time. The problem I see most of the time on, on these and other platforms is the ads and content are, you know, very generic and, you know, quote, more for branding, you know, if you will, they generally don't have any good reason to even stop and look at them and definitely don't have any kind of call to action and encourage somebody to do something. You know, branding is, is fine for public companies that have the money to burn, but for us small businesses, you know, we've got limited resources and we don't have years and, you know, gazillions of uh, dollars to spend on this. So if we're going to advertise and try to get to decision makers in this way, You know, we have to have really good hooks and really good CTAs. So, you know, what if you find out your ideal customer hangs out and spends time on things like, you know, podcasts or YouTube or blogs or articles and that type of thing. Statistically, small business owners spend most of their time online searching for or consuming things that will grow their business. Just like everyone, we use the web for everything, but compared to the public, they're most apt to use more educational resources than social media just for entertainment, for instance. So it's a good strategy that helps us get in front of decision maker, you know, is to build up your companies and your value add through content education, you know, things like this podcast, for instance, you know, this tends to make those otherwise unreachable prospects contact. I know I've bought a lot of stuff from people that I was first exposed to via some kind of educational content resources, like a podcast or, you know, a blog post or something like that. Okay. So next let's look at email, you know, that may be, you know, the best way to target your ideal clients. Um, you know, you have to look at it, but you know, as you probably know, it can be difficult to get a good response. And that's largely due to the quality of your list, you know, in consumer land, uh, I think a good response rate is like 0.5% or something and more often much lower. So somehow you have to break through that noise of people's getting hundreds of emails per day. One way I've found to do this is with unique or funny or strange subject lines. You know, the more personal they sound, the better. If your subject line in the top part of your email stands out from the normal barrage, you're more likely to get the recipient's attention. But the biggest problem beyond opening, though, is getting the email of the decision makers. There are some things you can do to get higher quality lists, which will, you know, improve your chances of getting through. However, you know, first, you know, purchasing, a, you know, a quote, opt-in list, you know, that's definitely not one of them, regardless of what the person's trying to sell you. I mean, don't do this because it, it won't work and it's only going to damage the Reputation of your company and the domain that you're sending from. You know, good sources of direct or uh, decision maker email lists are like prior customers, emails that, you know, come from some sort of lead magnet like an ebook or some downloaded report or something that you've got, you know, some kind of content that you gave away that piques somebody's interest enough to, you know, give out their info. You know, you can also purchase lists, but from other non competing businesses who serve the same ideal clients. I mean, this needs to be done in sort of a partnership way that a Allows you to pull your resources and really it works best if you can get a positive intro uh, from the company that you get the list from. I mean, even if they don't overtly recommend you, it can still be effective because the list consists of your target customers. It's not just random stuff. So, you know, for instance, you know, the politicians regularly rent lists to each other. And that's why if you've ever donated to one politician, all of a sudden you're likely to start getting emails from another non-competing politician who because they rented your name as part of a list. So your source of list, your subject line, and the top of your email copy is critical. The last thing is important as well, and that's a clear and compelling reason to respond to clicking or whatever. You know, it's amazing how many marketing emails I get from companies, you know, tell me how great they are, how long they've been in business, blah, blah, blah. And there's no call to action, just a hey, congratulations, we won some award for customer service. I mean, geez, what a waste, you know. Um, so those some of the those are some of the major online things I've seen and how to use those more effectively to get through to decision makers. I mean, there's things like, you know, pay-per-click, search advertising, SEO, and, you know, a few others. But, you know, those are some of the big ones. And it really depends on your particular industry and business. I'm going to stop here, as I mentioned, is I don't want this episode to run too long. I try to keep them under 20 minutes. And, you know, in the next episode on this subject, you know, we're going to continue to talk about this. But we'll start um, talking about how to use the more traditional offline methods methods and uh, why they still work in B2B and how to use them effectively. I'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening today. I know your time's valuable and it's really an honor to serve you. You know, if you found this content useful, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on iTunes and leave a review with your honest feedback, whether it's good or bad. You know, also, if you're interested in growing your B2B business through direct contact marketing, like we do, uh, please call my office at sales double and speak to one of our sales representatives. You know, we can chat for a few minutes about your business and what you need most to grow your business, even if it's not our services. And, you know, as a side note, if you listen to this podcast regularly, you probably know that I have a little pet peeve about using fancy words to talk in code, so to speak. So we're not going to do a, quote, discovery call or a, quote, strategy call. Just a quick question and answer call. And yes, if we think you're a candidate for our service, we'll try to sell you. But we're not going to hide behind fancy corporate news as we know you're smart enough to see through that. We believe in telling the truth and even if it's not what people want to hear. That said, give us a call at 480-401-1926 if you're interested in talking about how to grow your business and have your best year ever.